All right. What is up, all you cool cat girls and divorced alcoholic grown-ass cat men? It is time to empty the litter box and alt-tab to DeviantArt. This is Super Despair World, the only podcast banned from the Hilton Motif Hotel in Seattle. Uh, before we start off today, we've got we've got really this is a, a big landmark episode for us. Uh, just wanted to offer a quick little apology first for no episode last week. My area was hit with an awful snowstorm, completely knocked out the internet in my area, so that completely fucked our recording day. But we are here, we are live, uh, at least uh, in this Discord call where we're recording, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll we'll kick it off. Uh, Dave, why don't you tell our uh, audience what, we, what we've got in store today? Yeah, so this is a red letter day. This is um, episode 10. Amazing. We've made it so far, folks. And um, to make this red letter 10th episode very special, uh, we have a special guest. So we're going to kick it over to our dear, sweet child of God, um, who we have on our show today. Why don't you introduce yourself, special guest? Hey, uh, my name is Felix. Uh, Other people know me as Trashbins. I just do, uh, I draw some stuff sometimes and uh, just kind of shitpost. That's pretty much me. Hey. Hey. Hell yeah. Today we are talking about uh, furries, the furry fandom, uh, cute furry women with big round asses uh, and maybe furry men as well. Uh, we're, we're going into uh, the, the fandom in general. Uh, when we started the show, it was kind of our goal to explore different subcultures on the internet both the good and the bad and for a little while i I had this feeling like are we getting a little a little too cynical it feels like a lot of the time we talk about like weird like dipshit schizo posters on on 4chan or like blue checkmark people on twitter so today we're, we're gonna turn things around a little bit and talk about some people that i actually think are pretty charming although neither dave nor myself are are furries exactly so we thought we'd bring in a little expert to help guide us through uh, the world of anthropomorphic characters. Yeah, we're getting we're getting wholesome today. Yeah, we're getting whole, we're getting wholesome. We're gonna we're gonna get cute and uwu. We're gonna put on the big the big paws and the furry ears, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna learn some things. So, uh, uh, Felix, why don't, why don't you tell us, like, uh, in your in your eyes, what what is what is a furry? What's the furry fandom about? Just like what 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 what's all this stuff the kids are into nowadays? <laughs> yeah. So in a nutshell, uh, just uh, being a furry, it it, it uh, varies depending on person to person. Uh, but uh, generally, it's uh, people who are fans of um, anthropomorphic animals, whether that's in like art, video games, any other sort of media, and Maybe some people identify with that through like a fursona. Other people like to dress up, role play. the uh, The world's their oyster. Yeah. So i've I've been I've been aware of furries for a long time. I've been I've been I've been on the internet since a very young age. I've basically been completely unsupervised uh, with the internet since like 1998 when I was when I was about five years old. And I've seen a lot of a lot of weird things out there. A lot of interesting things as well. Uh, one thing that really, really got to me when I was younger was like, uh, getting into all these like different online games where you like make your own, you make your own character, you make your own little, a little, uh, like avatar, uh, persona that you present to the world. 
Uh, so I was wondering, uh, what, 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 what got you into it? What was your like intro? How long have you been into the fandom? Uh, what, what's that like? Um, so growing up, I think there's always been at least a part of me that identified and, uh, enjoyed like anthropomorphic media um when i was younger movies like um american tale five goes west and uh like 90s space jam and just a lot of media kind of going into the 90s and 2000s uh i always felt like i identified with it a little bit and it wasn't until about maybe sometime in high school where i started coming across web comics and uh forums and image boards and stuff like that where I'd be able to uh, meet and talk to people who kind of thought like I did. And it was uh, it's really interesting growing into that and uh, learned a lot about uh, furry art, fursuiting, people who like to role play or lifestylers who try and incorporate like little animal behaviors into their uh, day to day. It's uh, really interesting that. I'd really like to see the data on how many people's furry awakening has been through Space Jam. Like it's got to be it's got to be a non-zero number, right? It's it's got to be a lot um I think if if I had to kind of like put it like each era, the first one would probably be like Maid Marian and um Robin Hood and the Disney's okay, animated okay. movie. So that was kind of like the the 80s. 90s, I would say, yeah, Lola Bunny and Space Jam was a pretty big one. And then maybe, uh, like, Minerva Mink from Animaniacs. Ooh, that's a deep cut. Ooh, yeah. And then um, for the, let's see, 2000s, what would that be, like, Crystal Fox from the uh, Star Fox Adventures game? Really? Oh, shit, I played that one. Yeah, She's pretty cute, yeah, not gonna lie. Yeah, she was a really big influence in the, uh, like, the GameCube era, but... Uh, and then nowadays you've got like Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde from Zootopia and it's just the umbrella gets larger every day. We've come so far, yeah. really. And, and and now we got Rouge the Bat from uh Oh, Rouge the Bat. Yeah. I forget. That that that's a banger. Sometimes sometimes like I I don't consider myself a furry, but it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, and kind of with um Sonic characters, uh I guess one that's a bit more lesser known cuz she was she was more like a character of like the '90s Sonic canon was uh, Sally Acorn. She was a uh, I'd say she had like a decent influence on like furry furry tastes in those days. I'm I'm actually I'm actually vaguely aware of Sally, if only because I've seen a lot of videos on the internet talking about what's his name Ken something the the guy who like caused a lot of controversy in like the Sonic comics. Oh, Ken Penders, I think. Penders, yes, I believe yeah. that that's that's who it was. There was something about like he tried to license or like he tried to claim like the echidnas like knuckles were like his original <laughs> thing, yeah. like up separate from Sega or something something nuts like that. Yeah, he he definitely has some interesting ideas, and I think he basically has his own spinoff comic, which is uh, artistically interesting to put it to put it in a positive note, and. Um, I think it features like his sort of like take on the echidna characters. So how does it compare to uh Sonny Chu by the illustrious artist um Chris Chan? Um I would say compared to Sonny Chu it is more technically competent but um I am forgetting the name Impossible. of the <laughs> yeah. I'm forgetting the name of the um the artist but uh there's like some Marvel artist where he draws like 
guys with like these gigantic barrel chests. Rob oh, Roblin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think yeah, we've him. talked about him on the podcast. I would, before, cons- I would consider him the Rob Liefel of uh, the Sonic universe. Okay, yeah, so, so an amazing this, artist is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that could be said about Liefel. I don't know if I would say he's an amazing artist, but he's definitely a source of inspiration. Like, wow, you can, you can go really far in the world of art without knowing how to draw feet. <laughs> that's, that's I, I mean, exactly I mean, say what you will about him, but we do know his name. True, true, exactly, and uh, that's both inspiring and kind of depressing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, the only thing that can take you farther than not knowing how to draw feet is knowing how to draw feet really, <laughs> really well. Yeah, yeah, all you need is a triangle, that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Dave, you brought this up a little bit earlier, but it's kind of funny that you use the word awakening because this is kind of how i've come to think of a lot of different like subcultures especially ones that are like i'm not gonna say like furries are like purely a a kink or sexual thing because i know they're not and we can talk about that later but there's there's a whole thing about like a furry awakening like the first thing you see in a piece of media that 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 really resonates with you and kind of like unlocks something in your like primordial child brain um, I think we've seen that in a lot of different fandoms. Uh, Felix, do you want to talk about your own furry awakening? Um, yeah, well, my furry awakening, um, at least from what I remember, like I said, um, I got really into the, um, the webcomic scene when I uh, was first getting access to the internet. I didn't have uh, internet until I was uh, in high school, so... I guess a bit of a late bloomer compared to a lot of people nowadays, but um, you're probably better, better off, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And look how I turned out. But um <laughs> but um no, I came across like these niche web comics and um I th- the only one I can think that might be like mainstream enough would be uh Two Kinds, which was written by a guy named Mark Fishbach, which is uh or no, not Mark Fishbach, Tom Fishbach, uh, Markiplier's brother. Oh, no shit. Yeah, for real. And uh, for, As soon as you said Fishbach, I was like, where the hell have I heard that <laughs> name before? <laughs> so, so wait, so his name is Fishbach. What mm-hmm. was, is his fursona a fish? Um, I don't, well, the thing is, I don't think he specifically has a fursona. Um, oh. But the, the characters in that one, it's, um, I'm not current on the comic. I'd have to do a lot of catching up. But um, basically, it's like this sort of fantasy universe, and there's like humans, and then there's these sort of like Therian characters, like uh, tigers and wolves and stuff. And uh, the main character is this like blue-haired wizard guy named Chase, and uh, the love interest to him is this uh, tiger. I'm trying to remember her name. I think it was like Fiona or something. I I could be off on that, though. So this is what normalized interspecies relationships to um, not only the world, but you as well. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that's good. So, yeah. I, I just pulled the comic up on my end and I am seeing it, it has a very like kind of 90s anime sort of style. Maybe this will come off the wrong way because some people take this a little sour. It, it reminds me a little bit of if you've ever been in those like, uh, book fairs when you were a kid those those like how to draw anime style yeah books. <laughs> it definitely has like the very big eyes and i don't know i really like the style but it was it was funny because i i hadn't even heard of markiplier i when when i first uh 
heard his name and I like watched a couple videos. He's like, yeah, Mark Fishbuck. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've heard that name before. And it's like, wait, you're Tom's little brother. What the hell? That's really funny. Uh, discovering Markiplier through his brother, brothers. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, just, uh, that one. And then there were some other, um, I think it was called slightly damned, which is made by an artist that, um, I think goes by the chew these days. I actually got to meet them at a Midwest fur fest, uh, just this past uh, December. So that was uh, interesting. Bought a couple of t-shirts and uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool meeting them. Hell yeah. That's really cool. Uh, I looked up this comic as well. I'm also noticing once again, a little bit of an anime style influence. Is there a lot of like overlap between like the furry fandom and like, like weebs or like people into Japanese media, you would say? Um, I would say so. Um, in fact, a lot of the, uh, kind of early, furry fandom uh funny enough before they were furries they were known as uh funny animal uh fans oh yeah that's uh, a that's a terrible that's a terrible name (laughs) yeah it's a very they changed that yeah glad that sounds like a euphemism to cover up something (laughs) yeah well and it's like i i think there's like an innocence to it where it's like back then it's like oh we're fans of like this sort of like classic disney with like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera animations. They're like funny kind of animal guys. Well, what if we just called ourselves funny animal fans? Yeah, that that, that term is also used to talk about Welshmen and New Zealanders, though. So I think it's a little bit problematic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, to yeah, much, much love to our Welsh uh, and Kiwi. Is that a yeah, term? Yeah. Kiwi listeners? Yeah, we love you. We love you guys. <laughs> we know you're not the one doing it. It's a... Uh, it's your neighbor. Yeah. And um, to the point of the uh, the anime comparison, um, a lot of uh, early furry fandoms actually grew out of um, both like um, science fiction and anime uh, sort of fan clubs and meetups and stuff. And um, let's see. Yeah, a lot of it just kind of grew out of that and uh, first developed into the scene as uh, comic books that they called uh, APAs or uh, Amateur Press Associations, where they'd get like these independent artists, they'd do like a sort of collab and make this little fanzine or like fan magazine that they would kind of publicate to like other people who were interested. It was a really interesting uh, thing that kind of picked up before the Internet. Well, yeah, I, I think I think that ties into something else that we wanted to talk about is how, um, as as Briar mentioned earlier, we are usually um, or, or we have been unintentionally, I think, uh, kind of haters on this podcast so much lately, um, just because there's so much shit to, to shit on. There's so much shit. But most to shit most on. subcultures kind of suck ass. That's not our fault. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. But um, it. it Furries, ironically, and I say ironically just for something that we're going to talk about later, um, have stayed very pure. And I think uh, part of that is probably due to the, um, the, 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 the origins of it in the sense of like, yeah, it's all organic. It's all actual fans, people making zines, people doing meetups, stuff like that. Yeah. And um, there, I mean... As with any community, there's definitely a share of uh, drama and negativity. But, I mean, I, I think I think overall there's plenty to be said about the creativity, the camaraderie, and just kind of the general atmosphere of acceptance within the community. 
Yeah, the, the this is something I've kind of noticed myself. Um, so, like I said, I'm, I'm not a furry personally, but I am I am big into the the art community community online. And by big into it, I mean I follow a lot of people. Uh, I'm a, I'm a nobody. Nobody follows me. But <laughs> um, being aware of like uh, how a lot of people like uh, circulate their art or like share share things together, there's there's this culture of like kind of like keeping things within the community where like people make things and other people like commission other people it's got this own like it's internal it's got its own kind of like self self-feeding like little economy of like creators and like uh uh passionate fans and and consumers and it, it, it's, it's kind of interesting to me that like the furry fandom seems at, at the same time really big but also like it, it doesn't seem like it's been like commodified or like or like sold out or like right. uh like a like a big corporation has tried to like sell it back to you guys so like what what's what's your experience with uh with that like the diy side of things um so kind of on the diy it's like i mean i think like commercially like the most viable that uh you get is um you find a lot of artists independent at these uh conventions you find them in artist alleys where they're trying to sell their their wares or maybe you have someone who makes these extravagant yet expensive fursuits that uh sometimes can go for like a few thousand dollars some i've even heard of going in the five figures which uh Whew, I wish I could. I wish I could have one of those. But uh. that that is wild. I mean, they're cool as shit, though. Uh, whatever you think about furries, you cannot say that these fursuits are not absolutely legit. Oh yeah, and the the creativity that you get with some of them. Uh, some it's just like very vibrant color patterns. Others like they include fancy wings. Uh, I mean. A lot of the good ones, they have basically their own little ventilation system with several yeah. like fans and yeah, they have like powered fans and shit in there, right? Yeah, yeah. And then um, you get to um, what is it? Uh, you get to like these sort of, I guess, like hybrids between like furries and machines, where it's like you've got uh, ones where they have like a screen for a face, and like they actually have like this LED little display on their mask that they can uh, animate and do all sorts of other effects with, uh, whether that's like, um, man, I'm uh, trying to remember the name of them. Uh, let's see. While you think on that, uh, I did see a video recently of just some people showing off their, their different fursuits. And there was this one person, uh, I'll, I'll be vague because I don't remember if it was like a, like a guy or a girl, like their pronouns or whatever, but <laughs> they, they were like a, like a fursuit maker and they were showing off the, the head they made to this fursuit recently. And they had this like RFID thing like built into the nose mm-hmm. so that people could walk up to them and like boop their their like cell phone against the nose and it would pull up like the the fursuit makers like commissions page or something oh, like that and i was like that's cool as hell oh that's really <laughs> novel yeah so so yeah i was i was thinking this so it's uh there's two of them most of them end up being like protogens but occasionally you get like what are called synths and i guess they're they're a little bit more like animal in appearance and then they've just got like sort of like a lizard kind of look to them like a robot lizard with a again kind of like the led for the face and some of the some of the just like technology and the the marksmanship that goes into those is like really astounding and and inspiring in that way yeah that that is that is very cool i i i have to say um because you see this shit that's 
you know, totally made by what I assume are just, you know, I'm not going to say hobbyists because they sell their shit and obviously they, they, um, sell them for good money. But like, these are it's the, a, it's a cottage industry. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A cottage industry. And, but like, they're definitely on tier with like the shit you see at, um, at like Disney world and, and stuff like that. And in some cases like better. Oh yeah, for sure. And, uh, there, there's like a few names. Um, one that comes to mind is, uh, Lemon Brat. They're, they're sort of, I guess, like a very mainstream, at least in, within the furry community is like a very, like pretty good quality suit maker that, uh, they, they kind of have their, um, their production line figured out. They, they, they know exactly like how to kind of get things rolling. I mean, if if I had fuck you money, I'm not gonna lie, I would get a fursuit. And uh, it's it's uh, it's not to like express my identity as um, as you know, a furry or anything like that. But because they're cool as shit, and you know, like Halloween costume at the very least. But you know, sometimes hey, I might just walk the streets in it. Just just say, wait, maybe I am a furry. Oh shit. Uh-oh. What animal is your fursona, Dave? See, that's a good question. I haven't really thought of it, and I just um, I just talked about this with one of my students lately because we were talking about um, uh, like children's media and depictions, of, like racial makeup, and whether whether there's. Uh, like who's represented in this and um, the amount of animals in children's literature has been growing steadily and i kind of asked um this student i was like well why do you think that is um and because well i i think one of the things about anthropomorphic characters and this is not a unique take at all is that um you can identify with them very easily because they don't necessarily look like anyone that exists in this world so um so so it's it's easier to identify with that it's kind of like the the question of like well why did orwell put animals in animal farm instead of just having people because well it 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 does make a difference um but like what animal would i be in like a richard scary book is probably different than what i would pick for my uh for my fursona my fursuit um i don't know just because when I think about that, I think about like, well, how how do I physically look? And I'd probably say like a fucking reindeer or like a <laughs> or like some sort of bird of prey, maybe. Um, maybe that's a little self-aggrandizing bird of prey. I'd probably be like a fucking ostrich. Uh, but but like, if I could pick, I don't know. I've always been a fan of tigers in general. Yeah, well, we in the uh, furry community, we do have a cutting-edge way of figuring out, um, for anyone who isn't a furry, what their fursona would be. Ooh, uh, do tell. Is it, is it like a sorting yeah. hat for what furry yeah. would be? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so uh, hold, hold, your, hold your hats here, because this is going to be a doozy. Uh, right, I'm holding What it. is your favorite animal, and what is your favorite color? Ooh, ooh. Well, my, my favorite animal is the tiger, so maybe that's why I said that. My favorite okay. color is traditionally green green okay yeah uh funny enough a lot of people the i think somebody figured it out that the most popular furry fursona color is blue okay but, but i i think blue is kind of the most popular favorite color in general though yeah yeah i, th- I think i think that tracks and uh, i think green is pretty high up there too since it's like nice and easy on the eye and everything 
So, so how does that, um, how does that determine one's uh, spirit animal furry, so to speak? Um, it just more of like a, a basic like, hey, here's like a good starter baby's first fursona type sort of thing i guess so, and, uh, so i'd be a green tiger is what you're saying yeah you'd be a green tiger and then who knows maybe you might incorporate elements of your uh personality maybe hobbies maybe you uh maybe you're into music so maybe you've got like some uh, visual motifs around music mm-hmm. maybe you've got like music notes in your fur pattern or something like that oh, okay or, i see yeah, i see, I see where things. you're going here i see yeah. where you're going so so you can kind of uh it's kind of a a, a, a collage or a, or a motif of of just like all sorts of shit that you're into that you yeah like. it's yeah it's like a little collage of things you are things you like things you want to be yeah okay it's like yeah so f- yeah. so like from the outside I guess my my main assumption would have been oh maybe it's like a very like subtle thing maybe you have to really read into it but it sounds more like well no it's it's pretty like you just wear your interests on your sleeves and it's like it's a pretty pretty out there you know what i mean yeah well and for for some it can definitely be that for mine um i'm a possum a kind of like a sort of dark red maroon and uh the name i went for the character is rhubarb and the design is actually just very simple it's like uh kind of white white and black fur and then um where the gray would be there's like this sort of dark maroon color so it's like very I, i like to keep things simple so is this because your interest is eating garbage or um that's part of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah possums are cool though i see a lot of people vibe with them as well as raccoons just a kind of like kind of like a zoomer millennial like haha i'm so i'm so trash like oh i'm just like rolling around in 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 the filth i'm like yeah that's that's relatable possums are one of those animals that gets a bad rap but they're actually incredibly cool um, number one, because they eat ticks and ticks fucking suck. So like we should just, we should have more possums. Yeah, we, we definitely need more possums in the community. Uh, but, uh, it, it is fun to kind of like revel in those sort of like pre-made stereotypes where it's like, ah, yeah, I'm a possum. I like eating garbage. I like, uh, whenever I get stressed, I show my teeth and hiss at people, that mm. sort of deal. It's so this is why you picked possum. Um, well, for me, it kind of goes back to that, uh, that formula. I picked what my favorite mm-hmm. animal was mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the color I went with wasn't, uh, like my favorite color per se. I I'd say I kind of like pinks and purples, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why I said traditionally my favorite color is green. Cause it's kind of like what I chose as a kid. But, um, as far as like things that I wear and in designs that I make and things like that. I, I usually go for more like pastel type of like yellows and oranges and things like that. So I, I mean, I, I, I think there is a bit of disconnect there. Yeah. And then, I mean, the nice thing about it being like this for Sona is you don't even have to settle on one. Some people have multiple versions of their personas. Like it could be like, well, I have a bunny fursona. I have a tiger fursona. I have oh. a possum fursona. Yeah, and I mean, some, they, have, yeah. they like to do a mix and mash. They're like, I'm a bunny deer fursona. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't think I could just pick one. Um, it, it, it's like when you have multiple characters in a game. It's like, I, I don't always want to be this one. Sometimes I want to be this one. 
and hey. uh, you do have the freedom to do that. Hey. Yeah, I, I I relate to this a lot. Um, outside of running an excellent podcast, my my big hobby is uh, playing tabletop games, and there's a lot of them I've played over the years. Some of them I've been in like the same setting for like close to a decade, and I've made like all these different like original characters i've gotten very attached to over time so like i i kind of i understand the appeal of like making up like an alternative self and kind of just like embodying that for like a little while and just uh just all the all the stuff that goes into that and the the creativity and everything well i think that's the appeal of of all of that in general right is um even if you're not trying to, even if it's not escapism, which I think a lot of people would just default to is like, well, that's obviously what's going on here. It's like, not necessarily, man. Sometimes it's just fun to, um, like, like, that's why I like, I like Halloween and shit. I like dressing up in some random stupid, like thing that I don't normally do. Cause it's fucking fun. Everybody loves it. Yeah. And that, that's a fun thing about, uh, furries is it's like, at least if you have a fursuit or any other sort of like piece of costume, it's uh Halloween can be any day you want it to be. And um, Exactly. And I think we need like four to five Halloweens a year. Just uh, not necessarily Halloween, but, you know, just just times where it's um, culturally like relevant to to dress up and, and just walk around town. Uh, we need more of that. I think I think people I've would be seen happy. A- I've seen a lot of photos of these parades throughout like different different places in Europe where they they do like a little like festival or something. It's it's very different in different countries, but like uh, they do these festivals where people dress up as these like pagan like forest spirits. They're kind of associated with like like uh, like Yuletide and like what Christmas was before Europe got Christianized and all that. I'm like, we need more of that. We need to, we need to people to dress up as like big spooky like monsters and like creatures from the woods and shit. Oh, you're, like you're talking about when they do like blackface in Denmark or whatever. No, 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 no. That's, 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 that's something totally, totally different. We, we disavow the, is that, is that Denmark? Uh, it's, I thought it, that was I, the Netherlands. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's a Dutch thing. It's, it's one of those hurting, yurting countries. I know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 wild. But wait, um, I, I um there there's one question I wanted to ask for well, but before that, um Briar, what would your what would your persona be based on Felix's criteria? On on that criteria, I don't know. I've I I was thinking about this while while you guys were talking and it, it's hard for me to say because like my favorite color is blue and I kind of worked that into my my special little original character that I present for the show but that's not quite as fun I don't want to just like turn her into like a fursona so I thought about this a little bit and I'm thinking I'm really into like like horror influenced media I like dark spooky things I like being a little bit of an edgelord uh in in the media I consume so I feel like my fursona would probably be like some kind of like like crow or raven or like some kind of dark bird that's associated with bad things going on. And I think it'd be cool because I really like how birds have this like like uh interesting way they move their heads and their necks like they they just like tilt their heads in a very fun way. That looks like it would be fun to like act out in a fursuit or something just getting up in people's faces or whatever yeah crows are really cool like they're very they're very interesting um they're extremely black like one of the blackest animals i would say so like 
I, I think just um, that in their shininess lends themselves to like a very striking look. And they're incredibly intelligent, as uh, as I'm sure you guys know. Yeah, there's, there's, the funny thing about birds is that like a lot of people probably wouldn't think crows are that smart because I guess we kind of just see them everywhere. So we're kind of used to seeing them as like a bit of a nuisance. But then we look at another bird that people think is like, oh, this is like a, a symbol of wisdom and it's very clever, like owls or something. Yeah, and no, yeah. owls are owls are dumb as shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they just have good vision. I don't know. Where, where does that where does that stereotype come from? Um, I don't know. Is it because of the the fucking like Tootsie Pop commercials or whatever? <laughs> ah, right. Owl yeah. trying to. Oh, many lips. Or maybe like the. Is is the mind. owl character? Is that from like Winnie the Pooh or something like oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, Mr. There, Mr. There is owl. Some, yeah, Mr. Owl. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Birds are cool. I feel like I don't see a lot of people with uh bird fursonas, but maybe that's just because I'm not in the community. They're much, a little so. less common, but I, I definitely do like them. I remember one convention I uh ran into someone who had sort of like a blue jay fur, fur suit on and it was really well put together i can't imagine that was cheap at all yeah so so my follow-up question and uh felix i don't want to get you in trouble with the community so i'm gonna phrase this in the nicest way possible lay it on but, me but what would you say is the most basic bitch persona that everybody that you see way too much and and counterpoint what is the most unique fursona that you've seen before? Mm. The most basic bitch one, honestly, I think it kind of comes in waves. But the two that stand out the most, I would say, are foxes and wolves. Mm. Mm. Those tend to be mm. very common. Yeah. Inside you are two wolves. Yeah, one is a fox, one is a wolf. <laughs> if you go to the right furry convention, there can be much more than two wolves inside you. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to think of a joke like that, but that one's way better. And then uh, as for as for unique personas, I mean, I, I I've seen a lot where um, even if it's not like a unique species, just the presentation or the colors or just how they kind of pull everything together is unique right. by itself. But um, one that is pretty unique to me that stands out is um, a more famous sort of character in the uh, furry community. He's actually, I think, one of the heads of the Anthrocon convention. His name's uh, Uncle Kage, and he is a cockroach. Ooh, okay. So so we talked about this off, um, off pod before, but um refresh my memory so so is i i guess the furry community is just an overarching anthropomorphic not human community but is there um is there a distinction between people who do insects and and i know scalies is a thing that i've heard before yeah so um there there's um for the most part everyone just kind of calls themselves furries but i've heard some people refer to themselves as scalies if they have like more of like a reptile sort of presentation um going back to birds i don't i don't know if birdies is is a term or if if they just kind of stick with furry because that's close enough but then uh for like the bug ones i have heard buggies being <laughs> referred to occasionally i mean that that yeah that makes sense i guess yeah 
I think I've heard the term avian thrown around before, before for the bird ones, but I don't know if that's actually used in the community at all, or if that's just some bullshit I've um, Yeah, the avian avian is used pretty pretty frequently um, to kind of refer to themselves. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about this before we started recording, and I was just I was googling furry fandom bug guy because I couldn't remember his name, so I'm glad you were on top of that. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me, uh, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about um, VTubers, and one of the more unique uh, independent ones I saw, I think her name was Matara or something like that. Uh, she was like a like a cockroach as well, so I'm like, okay, I can I can see why people might identify with that. It's like a, a bug that's like impossible to get rid of, so that seems like a, a cool basis for a character. I mean, yeah. cockroaches are pretty badass. Uh, they can apparently survive like a nuclear blast. So um, uh, every cockroach fursona will survive long after the uh, the nukes are dropped. They'll last longer than this show, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and at least, at least among bug furries or buggies, um, I think the two I've seen the most, again, seeing bugs is not very common. So when you do see one, it's like, oh, wow, a bug. Uh, as you see, like, butterflies and bumblebees I've seen a lot of, and I guess moths as well, kind of going with bumblebees, kind of like a little one and two. Moths are very cool because I guess, well, they're, they're bugs, but they are also kind of furry. They ha- they have the little little patches of fuzz on there. They're very cute animals. I like uh, well, I, I was just going to say, because it's just popped into my head, sorry. Um, but I, I think you can see an analog with, um, it, and this goes with what you were saying, Briar, about, about D&D is like, when you, when you play D&D for a while, not that I have, I've played a little bit, but um, I, I get the feeling that like everybody, especially new players, is like a half elf. And it's like, and, and like, that's fine. They're cool. But then you see somebody who plays like a goblin or some shit, and it's like, fuck yeah. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, good for you. God damn it. So is, is, is that, in a sense, kind of um, like a sentiment that's in the furry community is just like, oh, it's, it's not a bunny for once. Like, it's, it's uh, something, something unique, something that um, might be a little bit less wish fulfillment, not to, not to be a hater about it, but um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think there is that sort of drive being a community of creatives and stuff that it's like, well, they want to try and find their unique way of standing out, whether it's through like the colors or maybe they're like a species hybrid or maybe they're like a robot or something. It's like it really it really varies. I mean, shit it's a blank slate, right? Like, why not get crazy with it? Yeah, if you got a if you got a blank canvas, you may as well uh, do something fun with it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, different personas where I think, okay, this this says it's a, a different species. This says it's like a, a dragon or something, but it looks it looks very similar to all the dogs and wolves I've seen. So I think on some level, my my first assumption is like, okay, well maybe there's like a fursuit maker, and it's just easier to make every head with like a like a dog or wolf template to start with, or or something like that. I also know a lot of people get into it like pretty young like before they have money to like commission a good artist or like before they have their own art skills so maybe it's easier to just default to like the more popular species starting out and uh maybe maybe having a more original one is a bit of a privilege i don't know um i would i would say that's actually a pretty accurate sentiment um one one thing that does get sold for uh makers is um 
these sort of uh, molds or like, um, I guess, like a base for the mm. head. So mm. a lot of it, you get like canine, you get feline, just all, all the sort of kind of like overarching branches. You're not going to get like golden retriever or chihuahua or something. That, that'd be a little too much to try and like sell every specific thing. But the, yeah, you get like the big overarching ones. And um, with the advent of uh, technology like 3D printing, it's become a lot more accessible where they'll sometimes they'll even just sell like the ST. What is it? STL file? STLs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then uh, at the at the Midwest Fur Fest, when I went there, I saw some. Uh, it was kind of like um, these sort of plastic 3D printed uh, things that you can kind of use to kind of build off into like the fursuit head. That's that's really interesting. That's actually something that I didn't think of at all. Is just, and, and that may just be like an economic onus to be a more sort of standard furry archetype, just because then you can actually get things, um, as far as fursuits go at least, uh, more easily, because it's not like gonna be super custom, super duper custom, just kind of like, yeah, this standard thing, but you know, in a different color or something like that. Yeah, I've I've seen um in the art community a lot of things that independent artists do. They'll they'll do this type of commission called your character here or YCH where they'll draw like a like half finished drawing where you can see like a character like in in a pose and but the character has like no face and no features or something. So it's like commission me and I'll draw your character over this template that I made. So that's probably a, a good cheaper alternative because like with those you can you can make like one your character here template and then turn that into like 10 different commissions for different people so it makes sense it saves a lot of time and effort yeah and when when it comes to like furry commissions kind of going with the whole price thing yeah getting something that it's like maybe like one or two basic colors very minimal detail it's going to be a lot cheaper than saying it's like well i want this with multiple different colors you have to source big wings uh LED elements, fan elements. The whole sparkle dog phenomenon. Yeah, yeah I know the words. <laughs> and there's a one um, popular uh, fursuit uh, adjustment, or I guess add-on, called, um, I think it's like Dutch Angel Wings is what they're referred to as. And it's like these big over-the-top uh, big over-the-top wings that you can usually get on your fursuits. Uh, dragons will get them a lot of times. And uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, pretty interesting with how uh how things kind of differ depending on whether it's uh you're looking at price or maybe maybe money's no object and you just want to go you just want to go balls to the wall with uh whatever you got so then is 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 there like a classist hierarchy of of uh fursuits where people just say well this is like clearly an aristocrat um who has this dope fursuit and i got like a I got like an off the rack one, so um, th those those people they they um, I don't know how how can you say they look um, down on this lesser pleb. I, I'm sure that doesn't happen, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't think there's anyone. I mean, maybe there's someone out there, but uh, I don't imagine too many people look down if you don't have a suit. But there there's definitely a lot of people who are like, man, I wish I wish I had like a spare like five thousand dollars to get a suit of my own. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's 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 actually a, a good thing that you you brought up, Dave. Because I was thinking about this. I wanted to to move along and talk about like what sort of people uh, are you going to run into in the furry community? Because maybe to start things off, I've seen this stereotype on on Twitter and other places online that not not all furries, but it seems like there is at least a subsection of the fandom made up of a lot of like suspiciously wealthy people. I've seen like uh, a few years ago at this at the height of COVID. One of the like lead scientists working on the the first vaccine was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm a furry in my spare time. I just I just post my my fursuit to Twitter while I work on this like really important medicine that'll save millions of people." Wait, really? No like shit. That. I didn't know. That. <laughs> yeah, I know there was at least one other one that has like a job at like NASA or something like that. Apparently, there are a lot of furries in tech, but maybe you can tell us more about that, Felix. Yeah, I think I think the the overlap between and I, I guess it's kind of like maybe two sides of the same coin uh it slash tech furries and then suspiciously wealthy furries um i haven't met many of those uh usually a lot of the furries i've met are a uh, little on the uh lower side of the uh financial uh echelon i guess you could say but um as far as like the sort of like big tech furries who are making like six figures and in some cases, I've heard some people spending like $20,000 on an art commission. And sometimes it doesn't even turn out that well as far as like the actual quality of the commission. But they're just like, do it anyway. I don't care. Yeah, fuck it. Well, there was the whole controversy recently, not to date this episode too much, about the, the person that spent like 50000 on a, a has-been hotel animation <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, I mean, respect to the animator. But that was um, if I paid 50 G's for that, I'd be a little bit sad. Yeah, I can I can I kind of get it. Although, on the other hand, I think like, okay, if I had 50 50 grand to spend on artwork, I I would just like adopt a a not safer work artist to like live in my house for a few months. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Go full on like a medieval aristocrat. Yeah, you'd be like a wealthy patron. (laughs) I I feel like if if I were in that position, if I had verbalize verbalize money, uh. I'd probably just have a different fursuit for every day of the week. No, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's a that's a smart investment. <laughs> Hell yeah, you would be like uh, that one episode of The Simpsons with Mr. Burns and his like menagerie of like uh, animal based uh, outfits, except it's all fursuits. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, I'm going to dinner. I got to get into my uh, my formal furry outfit for tonight. Mm. <laughs> Maybe like a like a penguin suit or something, just full on <laughs> yeah, tuxedo, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, maybe we could talk more broadly. It doesn't have to be just about the wealth, but like, what 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 sort of where are the the big demographics you see in like the the furry community? Where are the, where are the sorts of people you're likely to run into at your average convention? So at your average convention, I I mean broadly and overall, now it's not everybody, but. I'd say more a majority than in most other communities. You're going to run into a lot of queer folk because uh, the, the community in general is just very accepting of um, like these like minorities and people who may have been in like the past less it that they were uh, in a disadvantaged state, I guess you could say. And then um, it's just very open, like in terms of sexuality and just expression, you'll like you said, you find a lot of tech people because um, just kind of uh, from the origin of the furry fandom at the uh, at the advent of the Internet, you had to be 
very familiar with like a lot of these online tools, whether it's forums, imaging boards, or just uh, instant messaging clients, that uh, that was how you communicated with people that were in this. Because it's like it's not like you run into someone at the grocery and it's like, oh, hey, it's Bob the Wolf. So what you're saying yeah, for sure. is a bunch of goddamn liberals. It's a bunch of damn liberals, I'll tell you what. Have you ever have you ever met one of those uh like weird Nazi furries? Um, I have not. Um I have heard of them and um they're they're definitely interesting. It's a it's a very juicy contradiction. Yeah, um th- yeah, the third Reich would have loved you guys for sure. <laughs> Keep <laughs> yeah. on doing what you're doing. <laughs> it's always just incomprehensible to me. Like, yeah, I believe in like racial purity and like authoritarian government structures but i totally won't be one of the people sent to the death camps because i like to dress up as an animal yeah, or something well, it's like well, uh, what, yeah. what what happens to somebody to make them that well, way because they because <laughs> they read mouse and they were like well the 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 nazis were cats and my persona is a cat so <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think some people just get into like weird fandoms because they want to like make a like an in group and an out group to bully other people. Like, oh, I'm a furry, but I'm not like those other weird furries or something like that. It's completely it's completely whack in my opinion. They've got to be like the least normal of the furry community though, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I will I will say uh hot take but uh usually uh anyone who's like a nazi fur or like any sort of anti-queer furry it's they're they're usually not very welcome in the groups and in a lot of cases are banned from like the the wider convention spaces and stuff because you know you oh yeah wanna, for sure you want to you want to have chill people at the party you don't you don't want the guy uh throwing his hand up at a 45 degree angle uh reading some uh some 1940s publications, you know. Yeah, I'm sure. I, you don't want to yeah. go. You don't want to go to Midwest for a fest and run into like the the furry measure head. Like <laughs> your fursuit betrays your degeneracy or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure the analog, which is maybe a little bit more common in this in this scene, which I'm also not a part of, so I'm talking completely out of my ass. Um, Everybody in the comment section, please dunk on me. But but like the this uh, whole show is about talking out of yeah, our ass. Go yeah, ahead, yeah, for, <laughs> sure, for sure. But but like the punk scene, and uh, you see the guys with like Nazi patches on their shit, and it's like ninety nine percent of people, from what I understand, are like we would fucking kick this dude's ass and throw him out on the street. But you still see that in photos, and just like, well, this is something that happens there, and I'm sure like. The one photo I saw of like somebody in a fursuit with like a with like a swastika armband is like absolutely like an incredible outlier, obviously. But it's still but that one sticks in your mind more than just seeing somebody in like a fox suit just having a good time at at Furfest. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you definitely it's it definitely stands out. But uh, yeah, not not in the way that uh, you would want to normally. Maybe maybe for them, there's some sort of thrill and triggering the libs or something but uh yeah for the most part it's like as soon as you see one of those it's like all right i gotta we gotta kick this guy out of the party before it gets all weird i think when when i see people like that i honestly think that um like quote unquote trigger triggering the libs is probably their real hobby more so than the actual furry thing because i see this a lot in other fandoms like when i like i i casually follow a lot of like warhammer stuff online and every time i see some some dipshit on twitter posting like 
oh, this is Donald Trump as the emperor of mankind. I'm like, you don't fucking play Warhammer, you fucking nerd. Get out of here. (laughs) True, true. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that uh, the the furry fandom is like overwhelmingly queer because this is something I've noticed myself. Like I look back on my life, I've had a lot of furry friends and acquaintances over the years, and I and I think and I realize I don't think I've ever met a straight furry in my entire life, and I don't think I don't think even the quote unquote like Nazi furs are probably like totally straight or like gender conforming either, right? Like those people are probably got some like fucking nick fuentes like dating my cat boy made boyfriend or something online i don't know oh i i can only imagine that yeah they've probably got some uh they have some tendencies that probably wouldn't go well with their uh their more bigoted friends yeah it's really weird maybe maybe they just indulge in the the whole like weird nazi thing as like a like an outlet because they they feel they feel bad about uh enjoying the thing that they like which is like getting queer or like doing the whole furry fandom thing i don't know it's a very it's a weird thing they're just really big fans of history okay it's it's not it's nothing it's nothing like that oh yeah my my spotify playlist is full of like german military marching numbers from the 1930s or something (laughs) people who who play a little too much hearts of iron for or something like that yeah something like that and i wonder how much of it to a degree is maybe like a grift or something or if maybe some i mean i guess if you're getting like a whole suit and stuff i mean that's that's pretty that's a pretty devoted grift so i don't know maybe maybe they're uh a bit more genuine i i i think the issue we're running into here is um that we're the the three of us are trying to rationalize the um mindset and behavior of people who are inherently irrational so it's kind of like yeah, well, we obviously see that there's a shit ton of cognitive dissonance here, but they're like, "Yeah, I'm just a racist dude in a uh, in a raccoon suit. What <laughs> what what's the issue here?" Yeah, you know that's that's kind of like the the deep like contradiction at the heart of doing a show like this. Like when when we started the show, I was like, "Okay, I wanna I wanna." understand the world better i want to find out what makes like weird or different or unique people tick and we can like we can speculate endlessly on all the the different social reasons why like nazi furries might be so and so but like at the end of the day some people like some people are just like hateful losers i don't know and other people are just like yeah i just like the animal there's nothing more to it you know so so maybe i don't know there's some value to getting at the heart of these things but also at the end of the day it's also often like pretty simple i feel like yeah <laughs> yeah um another thing i've i've noticed i don't know uh, if this is your experience with it or not but aside from being very queer i've also picked up on this trend that it seems like a lot of furries are also very autistic what's your what's your take on that uh yeah definitely you you find a lot of uh furries who kind of like i mentioned previously you get like a lot of minorities whether that's kind of like sexuality or in this case uh, neurodivergency you get uh people on the spectrum in various different ways um i know they say adhd's on the spectrum so i guess i i count in that maybe i'm, I'm not sure yeah i i i have i have undiagnosed but in my opinion probably pretty bad adhd too and i i've read some things where it's like it's kind of like it shares half of the stuff with like the autistic spectrum. It's like its own spectrum. It's like kind of related, but kind- I don't know. It's a whole thing. I I shouldn't talk about 
uh, psychological terms that I haven't studied. Yeah, it's very it's well, definitely but. like the Taco Bell mild sauce of the uh, of the autism spectrum. Well, my yeah. my whole thing, which I've uh, which I was talking to somebody else about this recently, is like, so I I I am diagnosed ADHD, like how bad it is or whatever is like i mean there's it really all these things are it's just a bunch of symptoms that like half of these probably fucking everybody has unless you're neurodivergent in a different way on the other side of the spectrum but it's like really all these things are like tidy little categories for us to just say oh you have this so um now you're qualified to take adderall or uh or or um lithium or just whatever mood stabilizers or whatever and it's just like it's it's not just like I flipped the uh, I flipped the bipolar switch, so I'm bipolar. Or um, I I have the ADHD gene, so I'm ADHD. And again, just like Briar said, I'm talking completely out of my ass right now. I am not a, I am not a registered <laughs> health professional, but just like I really don't think it is as tidy as people want it to be. To just say I am this and I am not this. Um, and, and that would be nice. And then you could just like take a pill and like and kind of kind of balance that out but um yes but but i'm sure neurodivergency lends itself to um more non-traditional uh non-mainstream fandoms and lifestyles and identities and shit like that yeah i I think that um when it when it comes to kind of like neurodivergency i think you see a lot of that in just kind of general like both like the queer community widespread as well as the furry community is because it's like you're already outside of like the box that people consider like this is what you're supposed to be so they're probably a lot more open to it's like okay well maybe i feel this way about people that it's like maybe maybe i like the same gender maybe i like all sorts of people or maybe i'm a furry and i want to dress up in a costume because it no, just kind of yeah. comes easier to them. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's a really good take, and I think that kind of ties into um, another thing we wanted to talk about is um, I'm going to speak from my experience, and um, being a terminally online person since I was, like, in middle school, um, at, at the even before that, um, I know that it was always kind of a meme um, on the internet in general of just, like, furries are cringe look at what happened with furries today it was it was like it, it was tangential to like neck beards and all of these other things that were just somebody some some sort of um group that we can point and laugh at and feel better about ourselves because we're totally like not a collective punching yes bag yes sort of exactly that's a really good way to put it a, a collective punching bag that we can say like even though we're a bunch of fucking dorks that sit on the computer all day at least we're not these guys um but i i feel like the in in um as as i mentioned when we um when we chatted before the the podcast it might just be the spaces that i'm in now versus where i was at before but i really feel like as a whole um we don't see the same amount of like pointing and laughing at the furries being cringe as much anymore 
And do you do you think this, Felix? Do, do you do you see this going on too, where like furries are kind of more like accepted and uh, respected? Um. Yeah, I would say, especially since since I joined the fandom, it's I've been. Let's see, what is it? I probably started maybe like 15 years ago maybe so it's it's been a while but um i i think a lot of it and also the the normalization of it kind of ties into again the kind of queer community in general because it's like back then in the like 90s and 2000s up until like the 2010s it was more acceptable to be anti-gay anti-queer anti-trans versus now it's like you have more people that they have these kinds of people in their lives they understand it's like oh this isn't like some sort of freak of nature type thing it's just people being who they are and Mm -hmm, i I think mm -hmm. that's a big part of it is going with just furry specifically it's i think as like cultural awareness increases around them mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna get some people who who are very like anti-furry but i think for the most part a lot of people even like older people it's like especially like the the people that go around in fursuits and stuff it's like the your average normie kind of finds it a little charming it's it's a little weird but at the same time it's like they they see these people having fun enjoying their lives and just just being overall just having good vibes and they they seem to uh, have a positive reception to that. That's that's yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool. almost like uh, the average person is completely like they they just think oh they see somebody out in a fursuit for the first time and they they think oh what a cool like sports mascot or like like a like a party like Halloween thing going on and they they haven't had the well poisoned with all this like like weird internet discourse about like uh convention center hotel yeah. drama uh, and, <laughs> and like uh people posting about their fetishes on social media or whatever. Yeah, and, and before we get into that because that is a really good segue uh i do want to push back on you a little bit felix i, I th- that's yeah. a really poignant and uh very very smart take but i um i disagree i really think it's just because zootopia made a lot of people horny that that is that is a uh, good case. I would agree somewhat, and I would say that um, Zootopia is definitely like a springboard for a lot of newer furries. Ah, yeah. Kind of, kind of a la uh, Lola Bunny from Space Jam. It was ah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Uh, yeah. it was the people the sleeper cell people, activation phrase for a lot of people. People, people see uh, Judy Hopps wander onto the scene for the first time in the in the theater, and, the, and they think. Yeah, yeah, fuck the police. I'm I'm down with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want I, mean, I want to fuck the police. <laughs> I mean, bit of a hot take, but I was more of I was more of a fan of Gazelle Giselle or Gazelle's design, whoever was played by um God, I'm forgetting the artist's name. Uh she did like a Sh- Shakira. Yeah. Oh. It's at this point that I reveal I'm a total poser and I've never seen Zootopia. <laughs> you didn't do your research mo- my... for this episode? Jesus Christ. All right. Wow. We were we were doing research, but... <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, the, the most Zootopia I've ever been exposed to is, like, the that one webcomic somebody drew with, like, the weird, like, abortion, like, Judy Hopps gets an abortion. Oh, that comic. The it. infamous abortion comic, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's a whole thing. Maybe we can unpack that later. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'll have to tell you I haven't seen I haven't read that one, so I don't don't have that like expert inside knowledge on that one. But I I think that I think Somehow. the thing we were um we were we were touching on before is um so obviously there have been events that have transpired in the past that have given the furry community in general kind of a bad rap. And uh, I know you, I know you, Felix, are um, you're familiar with all of these. Um, what have been the milestones as far as? And I think they're all convention related, right? Um, a lot of them are. A lot of it's um, a lot of controversy can be just sort of internal politicking. But as as far as like the big breakout ones, yeah. These seem to happen a lot around convention spaces, yeah. Sometimes they'll just be like a little squabble between a few people online, and then it, and then it blows up and gets really big and round. <laughs> yeah, we, we've we've all been we. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, we 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 can get into a couple of those. There are like so. Furries have kind of been like the target of the whole like cringe culture for like basically as long as the internet has been around and it's kind of bullshit because like as we've said before like in the early days of the internet basically everybody online was like somewhat tech savvy to like just get the machine working in the first place and there's this whole like weird contradiction you see between like oh people in the 90s like with these these fucking like 4chan nazis with like k-on avatars looking at furries like you guys are real weirdos or something like that with like no self-awareness or whatever but um yeah like there's still a bit of an element of that whole like cringe culture around nowadays and like so if, if you look up stuff about furries on say like youtube or something you'll probably get some stories about the the big incidents like maybe at, at different convention centers or like some some notorious stories so maybe we could like dig into a couple of those yeah so a couple that kind of come to mind um is uh the first one being like a major just pr disaster as far as like the the wider furry community and um i disavow everything that happened here so <laughs> there was a, a convention known as a uh, rainforest it is understandably after you hear the details no longer around because <laughs> no hotels will take them right but um this was over in seattle and um the the convention had already been around for a few years so it's not like this was like just a bad first year or anything it's like they had a few they had a few years but then um in 2015 um there was um a lot of stuff that happened uh one of the more viral things was uh, there was um, some attendees um, known as uh, baby furs, which I disavow. <laughs> but uh, they we're not about that <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. like the sound of that already. Or, or at least, yeah. And um, so they have this thing where it's like they like to do what's called crinkling, okay, or basically just like publicly wearing diapers. Ah. Uh. And, uh, yeah, okay. it's, uh, okay. <laughs> and, um, it's like an onomatopoeia sort of deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, there, it. there were some photos of, um, a couple of these baby fur crinkler attendees, uh, with, um, uh, soiled diapers just kind of walking around the convention space. And it was like, uh, yeah, yikes. Who, and, um, who else up crinkling right now? 
<laughs> if if you're crinkling right now, crinkling. listening to this, uh, drop a, drop a comment. If if you've got so like if you've gotten this far in the podcast, put I'm crinkling in the comments. <laughs> oh geez, the, like my my perception of the word is already corrupted because now I know what it is. But something about the word crinkler just has like. It hits harder than like gooner, right? Like it just kind of has an unsavory. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's like it. one of those words like moist. It it just hits you in a way that just it doesn't vibe well. Everybody, moist critical here checking out this. Hey, what's up? I'm looking at the rainforest footage. This is shittier but, than uh, a diaper crinkling <laughs> in my poopy asshole. Uh, what's up? Guys? But this convention is a bunch of poopy ass. Dicks. But that, that's not the that's not the only thing that happened at Rainforest. Um, there there was like a whole laundry list of things, and I'm not sure why this convention of all places or or who was in the space. But um, there were um, hotels that were being threatened to get kicked out of their hotel rooms because they were like dismantling fire alarms in the room so uh, they could like hot box. Um, there were um, somebody took like all the pool towels and threw them in the pool and then stuffed one in the pool pump, breaking it. Oh, um, they uh, let's see. What what else do I have here? Um, there may have been a bit more than a uh, crinkling in the pool. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And um, this one is alleged. This was never confirmed, but um Somebody somebody was saying that uh, there was a attendee that was trying to drill a glory hole in the bathroom. Well, okay, I mean, there's really <laughs> nothing wrong with that if you really if you really break it. I'm just kidding. That's don't do that, guys. <laughs> How does that even work? Do you do you just sit there for a long time with like a like a corkscrew or something, or do I, you bust out like the power? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this. Guy, I'm guessing this guy just Googled the local like uh, Home Depot. Got the big big hole drill bit, and uh, just went to town. Hey, can but, I uh, uh, rent a hammer drill? No real reason. Uh, I just need it to uh, to drill like a three inch hole through tile. Now you gotta you gotta wander the convention ground and look for somebody with like a like a woodpecker for a suit and be like, hey, and then um to uh top things off uh there were there were people that were getting like a i think there was a member of the con staff that got arrested for essay oh um oh another person for physical assault and then there was like just general like drug possession and dealing and then um the crinklers a couple of them uh littered the outside in a couple of pictures there were some on like the the hoods of other people's cars jesus i just i just have to, <laughs> i have to interrupt yeah. for a second when when you refer to them as the crinklers it sounds like you're talking about like some old-timey <laughs> gang yeah the yeah, crinklers just, are out again god damn it be a, johnny be law's a never gonna get me i'm a crinkler it'd be a real shame <laughs> if you had this diaper on the hood of your car see yeah you're but, gonna uh, but yeah, a lot of that happened, and it it was very it was a very big dramatic moment in the furry community. A lot of people, myself included, disavow the whole thing and hope it never ha- happens again. But I guess uh, time will tell. And then, kind of going in with this, this one's a more recent example. In uh, 2021, there was um, I forget I forget what it stands for, but it was a BLFC 2021. 
there was a viral tweet of uh, a bunch of people in a room party mm-hmm. where they uh, may have played a little bit of, uh, if you're familiar with the term, salty cracker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On a... Uh, I'm not familiar it's like with soggy biscuit. <laughs> yeah, soggy biscuit. I'm not Cream familiar with cousins. that either. <laughs> oh. Oh, I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah. Okay. You've and, never okay, been in a ahead. fraternity <laughs> before? <laughs> No, I can't say uh, I have. Well. But yeah, so so they uh they had a, a little fun and finished on a pizza. Um allegedly some of the people that participated ate this uh altered pizza and then most of it was left out in a hotel hallway. So uh that was kind of another one of those like people being very doing very weird stuff and uh not being very respectful of the uh, hotel or hotel staff, which be 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 good to your hotels, people. Yeah, it's that's like a the, classic. These guys are giving yeah. these guys are giving us space. Well, you know, you yeah. you you try to order a pizza nowadays. It costs so much money for extra toppings when you can sit. <laughs> yeah, that's yourself. a classic Papa John's <laughs> moment. And then um, this one was a bit of a controversy, not on the behalf of the furries, but going back to the whole cringe culture thing on behalf of people who don't really like furries very much. Um, at Midwest Fur Fest, funny enough, uh, back in 2014, there was a chlorine gas attack on the main hotel of the furry convention. And uh, 19 people ended up having to go to the hospital and there were a lot more that were uh, stranded outside in the December cold while uh, police and uh, general like hazmat hazmat people yeah, I, guess. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what to call them but the they were just trying to figure out what happened and nobody ever found out that's that's the scary thing is uh jesus who, christ and that's it. a midwest too so it gets it was a goddamn russians huh? yeah there there were people uh like a lot of the fursuiters to keep uh, other people who because this happened at night too so it's like a lot of people were just rushed out in their pajamas in the middle of the night and it's like freezing temperatures out and it's like it's not it's not fun to be out there but it's like you got to be safe but uh a lot of the fursuiters they kind of like huddled people into a crowd tried to keep them warm with like their fursuits and stuff so it was there was a little bit of a a, a um what is it a uh, silver lining yeah, yeah a silver lining a um a very nice moment where it's like in- yeah that's like a that's a weirdly wholesome thing wholesome, that, from what yeah. i've heard fursuits can get very 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 warm so maybe that's nice and the yeah, the cold yeah if if, if there's ever a um a natural disaster i'm i'm finding the people with fursuits because you can just you can hop you could probably do for two to a fursuit i would think yeah I, th- I think for some of them uh you could probably squeeze in yeah two or three people depends it's like a little clown car. You just kind of <laughs> pop off, pop off the fursuit head, and people just start climbing. Up. Yeah, I'm gonna find the person with the you horse fursuit. Ever, you think anybody's ever done like a like a fursona that's like a three headed dragon or something? And it's like, oh, we need a few people for this fursuit or whatever. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that. I wouldn't be surprised if someone did try and do some crazy stuff like that. But um, there, there's like some interesting ones, kind of like um. I guess it's like that sort of classic uh, old-timey costume where it's two people making up a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think there's been like one or two instances where I've seen something similar to that. I think there's a certain type of person that's totally down to be in the, to to be the back of the horse. 
Yeah, we call them bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, much uh, love to all yeah, our bottoms so the, the, in India, in the community. We love you guys. <clears throat> yeah, so, like, I, I, I hear all these different controversies, and I think, okay, like... I'm I'm pretty open minded and chill, so I hear all that stuff and I think, okay, that doesn't like uh, uh, reflect badly on furries at large. I think like how does something like that happen? And from the different like YouTube documentaries, well, documentaries like videos that I've seen, uh, it, it sounds like okay, maybe that convention was just like really fucking poorly planned or like run by people who didn't know what they were doing and all those like. Uh, uh, problems kind of cascade when you let the the wrong people into your your fun little event, right? Yeah, and at least for like uh, the hallway pizza incident, since that was more of like just something that happened in somebody's hotel room. That one, even though it's like viral and unfortunate, it's um there's not really much like a convention staff could do about that unless I guess like if they knew the people that went viral, be like, hey, you're you're not allowed in the convention anymore. You're causing trouble. But um, at least for um, Rainforest, that one, I think, um, was kind of a combination of uh, convention staff being a little too uh, relaxed in their um, Mm -hmm. in their uh, just kind of policing, just general behavior and stuff and not really clamping down when they should have for people crinklers. Uh, going around in uh, (laughs) they they weren't prepared for the crinklers is a problem. They should have been debriefed on that. And then that's the thing is, uh, at the time, I remember um, a lot of people were tweeting out about it, like when they saw the photos of people in like the common areas, because it's like the, the other thing you have to consider is it's like when you go to a convention, you're not the only ones there. Sure, you're like the majority, but it's like there's other people checking into the hotel. Oh, sure. There's other people doing stuff. So it's like they're seeing this and they see someone walking around like just in like a T-shirt and a diaper and it's like. They they don't know what to think and honestly yeah, a lot of a lot of conventions like venues will book like two completely different conventions in like the separate sides of the same like large building or something you yeah. know the same day yeah they, yeah they they got um they got rainforest and turning point USA um <laughs> and there's only one person who was going to both and it's that. <laughs> It's that dude in, in the, it's that dude in the skunk suit with a with a swastika armband on. Oh, I was gonna say it was like Nick Fuentes' like boyfriend or something. Yeah, same person. Same person. We we haven't same seen person. Nick Fuentes and that Nazi fur in the same room. True. True. Oh, there could be anybody under the exactly. first. Could be, it could be any of them. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're gonna have to do more investigating here. Uh, remember to support the show so that we can eventually do live on the ground uh, investigatory work. Like yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> I got my. Uh, I, I have an armored car on layaway, and I'm really trying to just tour the tour the, uh, the North America in it. Just yeah, fi- finding one of these days we'll have our own uh suspicious super despair world like news vans that we can just like, yes, disappear yeah, exa- into. exactly <laughs> i really want to pull a uh the nazi fursuit guy's head off like it's uh like it's scooby-doo and it's just like nick fuentes it was you the whole time i knew it and he was like god damn it Get i would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you pesky despair world reporters Shit. <laughs> If it wasn't for you meddling podcasters, yeah, <laughs> we'll bring down the Crinkler gang once and for all. <laughs> once and for all. Yeah, it's just <laughs> there's going to be a very dramatic scene before that. It's going to be four 
f- four dudes in diapers, very stinky. It's like uh, four royal guards block your path. What do you do? It's like ah oh, shit. <laughs> it's going it's down. Like a, like a Mexican. It's gonna be like a Mexican standoff in like the parking lot outside of one of these convention centers with like five furries uh, in their diapers on one side and just us with our like shitty podcaster mics on the yeah, other. Yeah, a side. podcaster mic uh, versus four cupped hands with a giant turd inside of varying, varying uh, viscosities. You know, for every situation. Yeah, make sure to gear up on uh, protection against toxic damage before we go there. (laughs) We need some serious PPE. Anyways, uh, like and subscribe so we can so we can afford that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think that that covers most of uh, what we had planned today. But I know Felix, you said you had a little surprise. Oh, true. Oh, actually, um, funny enough, I, you beat me to the punch. I was uh, going to play the uh, Which Furry Are You game. Oh. Oh, shit. Okay, well. Well, shit, we already <laughs> did it. Well, that's... We did it. Oh, damn it. We already, we already cut to the chase. Oh, jeez. Well, well, I do I do have a better idea. Okay. Oh, okay, lay it on us. What would you, like, to each other, what kind of furry do you think each other would be? So, Briar, what, what do you think... Dave's persona would be, and Dave, what do you think Briar's ideal persona would be? Mm, mm. Oh, geez. Okay, give me give me a minute to think on this. Mm. All right, I I uh, all right. I'll go first. This is this is right off the top of my lizard brain. And uh, speaking of which, I I would I, I would see Briar is is definitely a scaly. Um, um, I could get a, down possibly with that. a uh, a Komodo dragon. Ooh, that could yeah. be cool. Those are very cool. They're they're big, and I think I think they're like venomous or something too. I love those. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty cool. I I think they're they're like the honey badger of the of the reptile world. Um, <laughs> they don't take no shit. They don't take no shit. I don't even know where they're from. Are, like Indonesia or something. I I think it's like somewhere there. Yeah, like around uh, like Indonesia or like just. Not quite as far as China, but like just to the west. I think they're from Komodo. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever that is. They're from the the far east. The Orient. This magical creature. I'm I'm fine with this because as the Elder Scrolls taught me, um, reptilians can still have some big titties. So that's all good. No no contradictions. Oh, true. 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 If I had to, if I had to pick one for Dave, I'm thinking maybe like one of the the cooler uh, like like parrots, like some kind of talking bird, like the the big like African gray parrots that can that can talk a lot. And my reasoning for this is that Dave is our audio guy and knows a lot about like music and audio stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, some kind of like bird that's very good at like communicating things and like can make a lot of different sounds. Yeah. You know I, I mean? Tropical birds are like incredibly amazing. Um, I, I actually knew this like really, have you ever, have you ever known one of those like old weird hippie guys? I, I know they kind of exist. I, I, but, I've known a few. Yeah. I've known a few. When yeah, I was well, well, I knew one and, uh, Actually, one of them was one of, was one of my art professors briefly yeah. in college. They, they're always cool. really interesting <laughs> because they're either the nicest guy you'll ever meet, or they're like extremely problematic, like very conservative and racist guys with like a Grateful Dead T-shirt on who like to smoke weed. 
Sometimes, sometimes it's both. He'll be like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a chill guy. I like to play music and smoke weed. And I think January 6th was hell yeah. Justified. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of, there's a spectrum there, but, um, there was, there was one of those guys to, to, to um, yeah. And, and he, they still have the, they still have the boomer brain rot, but they've smoked enough sure. weed to like burn out the, the full capacity. For, for sure. D- like d- their, their hippie aesthetic is like, um, I, I don't really want to like, um, do, do, and, and I don't want to wear a suit, but I do think that like Mexicans are poisoning our society. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> this guy, uh, he, he liked to smoke weed, so back when i used to smoke a lot of weed um we me and my friend used to smoke weed with this guy and uh he had a parrot and this thing was like it was cool as fuck but like i was never ready to go down in his basement which is where we used to like smoke weed and this fucking thing man was just like you'd walk down there you forget he had a parrot and it was just like i was like holy fuck jesus christ man fuck (laughs) like and it'd be spreading its wings, like trying to, uh, to, to like intimidate you. And it fucking worked, man. <laughs> Cause these things are cool. But like, <laughs> I, I remember when I was, when I was younger, I used to stare at this fucking bird and I was like, dude, this is crazy as fuck. But like all of those, they're, they're basically descendants of, uh, of dinosaurs, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm fully on board the the feathered dinosaur train. I think all of those were just like really big birds. I think that's cool as yeah. hell. <laughs> Who doesn't like birds? I don't I don't know how how true this is because when I think about this in retrospect, it feels like like a story that older people would have told me when I was younger just because it was funny, but um one of my one of my dad's friends growing up, he had he had this like pet bird or something and and it, it it knew a lot of like swear words it was just like a very vulgar bird like all the all the words that he taught it to speak were like like swear words or something and apparently it was because like my dad's friend was like divorced or something <laughs> and he used to fight a lot with his wife so like the bird just picked up on all their like That's arguments amazing. so like that was that was the only language it knew apparently yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody should have a uh, a talking bird with them at all times so that you could just judge their character on that just like hey this dude this dude seems kind of cool but like his his uh his parrot just says slurs the entire time like what's that all about i want to i want to run for president and my whole thing will be like having a a parrot on my shoulder like some kind of pirate captain i think that'll really set me up didn't uh, didn't vermin supreme do that the guy with the boot on his head maybe i'm maybe i'm going to imagine uh, i mean I- I don't know anything about a bird, but I mean, I guess I guess there could be a bird in there. It's a pretty yeah. Big boot, I, I, so. I might have just <laughs> so. I might have just invented that in my head, but he should have one. I think it's very in character for Vermin yeah. Supreme, who we who we love and Abs- support absolutely. on this show. That's our uh, that's our favorite candidate going into twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. In a, <laughs> during election season, we're gonna have him on the pod for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be uh that's gonna be our November surprise with a little super despair mm-hmm. world boost. He's gonna. It's gonna be like the 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 graph of Jeb taking every state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I don't like I said before. I don't know how much truth there is to that whole story about about my dad's friend arguing with his wife all the time. But I did meet this parrot, and it did say a lot of a lot of curse words. Yeah, I mean, um, it had to have learned it somewhere. That's that's all we can say about that. Maybe okay. Maybe to wrap up, we can we can also turn this little game 
back on Felix. Felix, what what animal fursona would you assign both of us based on everything you've known uh, from us prior in this episode so far? Hmm. Let's see. What would I do? Let's see. For Dave, I'm going to give him... Let's see. Let's be outside the box. I'm going to make Dave a beaver. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And let's see. For Briar... Hmm. I'm gonna go with a squirrel. Oh shit! We a squirrel. We, got, we have yeah. some. We have some, yeah. some creatures of the forest going on here. Yeah. I get a lot of squirrels in my area. Uh, one because I live in the woods, so I see a lot of just like woodland cre- critters all the time. But over the summer, outside my window, there's always a squirrel like crawling all over the the little like deck furniture we have just outside there. And it always looks at me, and it's I don't know. I feel I feel a little connection to these creatures. Yeah, they're really nice. I, I got a couple that I see occasionally out of my window. They're just like running along the trees and stuff, and yeah, brightens my day up a little bit. It, it, it's th- that's always been what like growing up in the suburbs. It was always kind of like ah squirrels, whatever. But like when you really watch a squirrel for a while, it's like damn man, they're living a fucking life. They're they're really cool. Like they can they're cool. crawl up, like run up any any telephone pole, any tree. They're putting acorns. They in. don't have YouTube metrics. They don't have to YouTube worry about. metrics to worry about. There's <laughs> there's black squirrels out there that are kind of rare, but they don't really like they don't really like discriminate against them. From what I understand, it, like they've kind of figured out life, and 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 whereas we haven't. Um, beavers, I I I haven't. Uh, have I ever seen a fucking beaver in real life? I don't even know. Um, I've, I've, I've definitely seen a, seen a beaver dam before. But just earlier this week, uh, I saw on the, the the security camera, we've got a few around my house. I saw at like two in the morning, there was a deer in my driveway just like eating from one of the shrubs. <laughs> I'm like, I... <sighs> I wish you wouldn't, because I like that shrub. But well, you know, deer is gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> deer is gonna, gonna do, do deer shit. And uh, yeah, I, there's there's been some deer around here lately. They've uh, they've they've infiltrated the uh, this quasi suburb that I live in. And you know what, man, do your thing. They're they're pretty majestic. I'm not gonna lie. They're fucking cool as shit. I've never seen one of them like up close in person, but I have found I have found the turds of some bears. Uh, in my yard before i think there are some like black bears around here and i really like them a lot because like bears can be pretty scary but from what i know black bears are like like huge pussies like it's easy to scare if it's if it's black attack if it's brown get down if it's white good night (laughs) good night like if it's if it's brown uh it's time to crinkle (laughs) yeah watch out for those crinkling bears they'll get you oh man I wonder if any of the crinklers were did, were like a like a, a bear, bear sona. for sona. Yeah, if I see a if I see a brown bear with a diaper, I'm running immediately in the opposite <laughs> direction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of running immediately, I think that's a good place to wrap up today. I think I think we've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, this is here. this is this has been a banger. Um, Felix, you are a fucking great guest. Um, and, and our first, by the way. So this is a. This is a serious milestone for us. The first friend of the yeah. pod, and um, as yeah, it were. you you are uh, you are officially a friend of the pod, and um, we're definitely going to have you back at some point. We'll call you up next time we need to round up a, a posse to deal with yeah. those crinklers. In, yeah, of course. In, in the meantime, <laughs> um, 
you should go to a really problematic con and uh and and gather some intel yeah i definitely uh, plan on going to some other cons this year um Definitely Midwest Fur Fest because I'm just local to that area. But um, is that a, I might go to a couple of the other. Is ones. that an annual thing, or do they do it a couple of times? Oh yeah, okay. Y- yeah, it's um most conventions are usually annual, but um, yeah, Midwest Fur Fest is uh, usually like very late November, early December. Okay, okay. And uh, it's the biggest one too. Uh, just this past one uh, that happened had over fifteen thousand attendees. That's pretty wild. See, the thing is, like, I, I obviously, I, um, I'm, I'm an ally of the furries. I wouldn't maybe consider myself one necessarily, but I, 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 I like what y'all got going on. But um, I would totally be down to go to like a furry con. Like, I, I think it would be a great time. Hey, hell yeah, I would too. Yeah, if we, if you ever want to do a, um. Super Despair World goes to uh, Midwest Fur Fest or Anthrocon. I'd definitely be down for it. We that could that could very well happen in the future uh, with the love and support of viewers like you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this could potentially be our first uh, our, our first live in person on location. Very well could be. Until then, you'll be our our possum on the ground, our our man on the inside. As a word, get the get the inner scoop. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh yeah, hell yeah! Uh, to wrap things up, uh, Felix, do you have anything you'd like to plug anywhere people can find you online? If that's what you're into, uh, yeah, I guess um, I don't really do much online right now. I I occasionally do some drawing, and uh, I've got like a video game idea brewing in my head. But um, you could catch me on Twitter, or I guess X, as it's now referred to as, at um, OG Trashbins. Oh. Hell yeah. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, we'll put a link to that in the description. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I hope to be back on soon. Hell yeah. What an episode. You were a great guest. Thank you again. Uh, and I guess that's it for today. So uh, good night. Fucking everybody. A. Good fight. Good night. Good night.